0: Put on a silly rubber. You have a silly rubber pinched between your uh, thumb and index finger.
1: you Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast, recorded in this room. The tessellate coven of delicious, buttery goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me today, the man of constant sorrow, Alex Hanschard. Hi. I'm your host, Dal White. I love George Clooney, I love Ryan Gosling, and I love Ryan Reynolds. There you you love Ryan I'm, Reynolds. I really, really <laughs> love Ryan Reynolds. Uh, episode 30. Podcast, Same age as me. Podcast, is it really? I, was about, I well, so What I was about to say is the podcast is now old enough to have regrets. <laughs> about the things it hasn't accomplished yet in its life yeah and it's probably time for you know an affair and a start over it's it's getting to that point, <laughs> <It's getting laughs> to that point. so um good luck podcast thank you uh yeah we don't have any nate with us today he's too busy uh being you know a uh, grown up and doing things and we don't have Justin because i think i forgot to tell him <laughs> um i think he thinks i think he thought it was tomorrow um but so here we are so if you're listening justin it wasn't tomorrow, <laughs> it was today. It was right now. Um, So it's just <coughs> you and me, Alex, for a little fireside chat. For a little two-way. I did one of these with... Um, there's a song about that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I did one of these with Nate once. And it was kind of nice, because you just end up just talking about stuff. There's, we're going to still get for our news and our releases. We're going have an Oscars topic point, I think. Um, print it out. Print out some facts. It was the Oscars you, last night. You
0: and I did do uh, a two-man podcast Oh, we did the MCU The MCU which will be hidden in the vaults it's, yeah, It'll we'll be never a mythical, be, <laughs> mythical it'll never podcast be uploaded. that no one will ever hear
1: I think we're gonna do that again exactly the same and I mean verbatim yeah. we won't change a, a word of dialogue uh, when something like when um, Civil War comes out I was thinking maybe we should revisit and get um, the other guys in and do a proper MCU retrospective
0: Yeah, I mean the one that we did the reason why we are keeping it back is because it was so good
1: it was kinda too good to I good. feel
0: it wouldn't be fair to our competitors. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah.
1: Um No but yeah, I'd I would love um to get yeah, to do a proper MCU retrospective. particularly since Daredevil's out next month and we could talk about the Netflix a bit as well. We could talk about everything Marvel um owned and get in get into the meat of that. We're gonna be talking Marvel a little bit later. There's some what? some Are exciting we? news. What could it be? Um so let's start this podcast. Because we're not, we're, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how we've been the last week. Because it's just you and me, so we don't really need to do our normal like what we've been up to. No. We're just gonna go straight into Nate's blowdown, but Blow Nate's not down. here, so it's it's my blowdown. Blow down. Show, uh, show, uh, show, ma. Um, uh.
0: What are you gonna tell us, here? Here we
1: go. Um, I have how many pieces do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I six, seven. I've got like seven movie pieces. That we're oh talk my about first. god! <clears throat> here we go.
0: Bring it on. Number one.
1: It's quite a biggie. Alex Proaz, the Don't director of The Crow, iRobot. Nope. <laughs> 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 that was the other Will Smith movie, <laughs> iRobot. Uh, iRobot and Dark City just came out with his new film, Gods of Egypt, which will probably prop up uh, a few times during his podcast, the first big flop of the year. Um, it proved to make $14 million on its $140 million budget. Uh,
0: so quite a flop. Uh, but he came out... Bit. Did you hear this? He came out against critics in a rant. I did hear part of this. Something great. in... The, yeah, I'll let you... Uh. Here we go. This is a full thing. I'm not going to do voices.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, uh, because because he, this is how he sounds. He sounds just like me. Uh, he came out against critics, calling them deranged idiots... Here's some of the actual, the full quote. They fail to understand or pretend to not understand what the movie is. This time, of course, they have bigger axes to grind. They can rip into my movie while trying to make their man, mainly pale asses, look so politically correct by screaming whitewash. So he's speaking here, this is, I'm going to get back yep. in, he's got more. But he's speaking here about how uh, when they did the casting for Gods of Egypt, people were pissed off because it was mostly white people cast. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with Ridley Scott's movie last year, Exodus. Exodus. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah by screaming whitewashed, like the deranged idiots they all are. Seems most critics spend their time trying to work out what most people want to hear. Like a critic in a room with a movie no one has ever seen, and they will not know what to make of it, because contrary to what its critics should probably be, they have no personal taste or opinion because they are basing their views on the status quo. None of them are brave enough to say, "Well, I like it <laughs> if it go- If it goes <laughs> against consensus, <laughs> therefore, they are less than worthless. Wow, so talk about whitewashing I mean that's a uh, pretty fucking scathing um like, against all critics, that's the problem I have with that quote. I understand him getting pissy. It looks like he's, I haven't seen it, but it looks like he's made a shitty film that has not done well. I understand he's defensive. I understand maybe people, he feels people are kind of unfairly focusing, not on the fact that it's obviously probably a horrible film, yeah. but on the casting, yeah. which I would, you know, like, fair enough. I'm sure he has his reasons or the producers have their reasons. I don't, I don't really want to get involved with that, but. To come out like this and basically literally say all critics are fucking morons and are less than worthless um, and deranged idiots. I feel it's not the best. Have
0: you reacted that way to any critics of your work before, Al?
1: No, I think they're smarter than me. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just know that what I'm doing is stupid. And I haven't figured that out yet. So let's hope. I'm not. I never wise up. Um, He went on to spare a, wait he went on he went on <laughs> to spare a little bit of a moment of praise for the late great Roger Ebert who he called uh, he had this to say about Roger Ebert quote wasn't bad <laughs> end quote <laughs> but the director says now we are left with open quote a pack of diseased vultures pecking at the bones of a dying carcass trying to peck to the rhythm of the consensus end quote really insinuating there that uh, his movie is the dying carcass <laughs> 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 Which, um, look, I, mean, I kind of want to see Gods of Egypt now because it's done so badly. I'm mm-hmm. kind of perversely interested in it. Um, and Alex Proyas has made some good films. I mean, I really like The Crow a lot and Dark City. Um,
0: it's very uh, visually bold. Do you think this, this sort of rant uh, towards critics, I mean... I mean, is he? He's is is he sort of coming at this with quite a broad brush in the sense of all the bloggers and internet kind of, no, critics he, you get now, or is he? Is he attacking the, the genuine? Oh, he's he's definitely attacking genuine critics as
1: well. Yeah, like, definitely. Otherwise, he'd go on more about the public and genuine critics have ripped him apart for this.
0: Yeah. Um, no, yes. Yeah, and not I'm even... sure their argument has not just been the whole whitewashing thing. No, I've read some, and some are just, this is a really bad fucking <laughs> movie. Um,
1: it's a program upsetting for him. It's taken him a long time. I don't remember what the last actual feature film he did was. Um, look that up while we're talking. Um, but he used to be like, it looked like he was going to be a big player. I actually just listened to a very interesting podcast uh, with the cinematographer of The Crow and Dark City. Um, and he talked a little bit about Alex and and the... The cinematographer's on some, gone on to do some very big things. Um, whereas Alex Pro has kind of died off. Uh, what did he do? Oh, the last film he did was, the, was Knowing in 2009. You remember that Nicolas Cage film? Nope. Um, it was the one about the MIT professor who links a mysterious list of numbers from a time capsule to, to past and future disasters and sets out to prevent the ultimate catastrophe. Which literally was that show with Kiefer Sutherland and the kid, you know, who had like numbers... And patterns and could tell the disasters right. that were about to happen. It's literally what they then turned like knowing came out first. Um that was alright that movie, it was fine. Spoilers. And then before it, that it was Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> uh before that <laughs> was iRobot. And before that was uh, Garage Days, Dark City. Um, and the Crow. I mean he hasn't made many films, so he probably doesn't get these opportunities very often. And when he does, he really makes some pretty big movies. Um, so wait,
0: what was the budget in on Gods of Egypt? One hundred and forty
1: million, and it's made fourteen million. On its open. Oh my god,
0: um, wait, that's a serious,
1: serious flop. Um, all right, news two. In more, two. in more Alex Price news. Oh, wow. Is Kali- this a further quote from him? <laughs> he's, he's more closer. Collider <laughs> recently sat down with him for an interview about his new film Goats of Egypt and asked his opinion while there in the uh, interview chair about the continuing efforts to remake The Crow, which has been in and out of production a lot of times, had atta- uh, directors attached and then drop out. Currently, J.O. Barr, the creator of The Crow, insists it's definitely still happening, but they don't seem have a director at the moment. Open quote from Alex Proez. This is really because I'm trying to give Alex Bowers a bit of credit here. I want him to get to say something mildly more sensible. (laughs) Open quote. (laughs) I personally feel like it's kind of unnecessary. I've said this many times. I've completed the original movie to honor Brandon, and that's the sole reason I did it. I'm happy I did it for that reason. I sort of feel like it's his legacy, and I personally don't have a lot of time for people trying to reignite that movie in other ways. So you know, to me, this is one situation where it'd be nice if Hollywood kind of left it alone and let it remain Brandon Lee's legacy. And quote. Of course, he's referring to uh, Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee, who starred in The Crow in 94, who, yeah, was shot by some shrapnel from a prop gun and died. Judging. Um, I only put this in, one, because, yeah, I want to give Alex prize as a first say, and yeah. two, because I'm a huge Crow fan, so I'm always
0: interested in the remake of The Crow. Cause... How do you stand, then? Do you feel that we should leave it... Uh... <laughs> With with that, I mean, obviously, there were further Crow films. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Ed Edward Furlong. Furlong was the yeah.
1: fourth one, the worst by. Who else was there?
0: You had the dude.
1: Um, fuck, what's his name? The third one was kind of more like a detective story. Mm-hmm. Very bad, but watchable. The fourth one's just fucking atrocious, called Wicked Prayer. The, the, the yeah, Edward Furlong. The um, third one's called Salvation. I forgot who it was. The second one, I actually really liked the second one. Um, it was directed by. A music video director. Um fuck, what was his name? He's an English dude. It had Iggy Pop in it and it starred Vincent Perez. Um yeah it was a music video director who used to do a lot of the cure uh, videos. Um and I actually thought Vincent Perez did a very cool version of the Crow. Um Kirsten Dunce was in the third one and Eric Mabius.
0: And Fred Ward. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so then, yeah. So, how do you feel? do you, would you want to see a, a remake? So, there's or, only, you know, I, you're a big fan of the comics, aren't
1: you? Yeah. The comic is one of my five things. Um, like the original comic, yeah. It's like one of my five things that kind of defines my life. I was the biggest crow fan for about 10 years. Um, there's no project I would rather make than to get the license to do a, true crow reboot where you do it literally shot for shot what's in the comic like mm-hmm. literally and in black and white where it's in black and white color where it's in color with the poetry with the same songs that are you know because there's a lot of song quotes in there, i was like i'd use those songs as well um i would give that's the one thing i would love to do in my life do it like like um Think bob did with sin city where he really just replicated it shot for yeah, shot yeah. i didn't feel it with Sin city i think the crows are more of a bizarre thing where it could work in a it would be nightmarish and pretty horribly violent but perfect um but for a (laughs) reboot i think they can do it but it's just like don't do the same character because you don't need to and that's why the sequels made sense because it's like well the whole like legacy of the crow is that it's happened before and people died in tragic circumstances and the crow brings them back to you know have revenge and um just to a different person why does it have to be the same why does it have to be eric draven it doesn't um so i kind of see a reboot i understand they don't want to follow on from where they left the series mm. but just give it a, just call it The Crow but don't do Eric Draven or just give it a colon with a different name I don't know whatever um, I'd love to see a new Crow movie just because I love the character but I don't think it's going to turn out to be great I think they're going to make it more of an action movie you know which is not mm. what it should be
0: um, okay okay you didn't call anyone deranged or mention any dying carcasses in finishing that uh- no
1: no this was when he wasn't talking about his film <laughs> um, uh, so news 3 3 in more weekly Predator news we've seen that a little bit every week uh, the new movie The Predator has a, now a release date which is March the 2nd 2018 wow too far away 2 years
0: considering they've just released a poster and the name and a tagline 2 years before we get a new Predator fix
1: uh, yeah, still written by Shane Black and Fred Decker And rumoured to be directed by Shane Black Who has also come out to say it is not a reboot It is definitely Predator 4 But it's just called The Predator uh, But it follows on with the lineage
0: Where was the third Predator film?
1: Sort of well, that was in the planet, wasn't it? Or on a hunting planet, I think Because people, I think it's like humans are picked up from Earth by the Predators And then they're dropped off on this hunting planet That's right, yeah and I just, really, I need I to see fucking, that one again I like that movie I think it's a fun movie and uh, it was a good concept. It was Robert Rodriguez produced it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't remember who directed it. Uh, Adrian Brody, right? He directed it, yeah. <laughs> he directed um,
1: it. Yeah, Adrian Brody was, was in it. So you, you're, uh,
0: you like the Predator films?
1: That was my Predator uh, version.
0: Yeah, wow. I do. I really like the Predator films. Um, I've only seen the third one once. Seen the first one a bunch of times. Seen the second one, which is pretty... Pretty average. Yeah. Um, that first one's so good. First one's great. I, I love it. You know, Carl Weathers shooting his big uh, machine gun. Getting God, chopped off. It's bad. It's really? dark
1: side. It. It's just the fact that it is, you know, it's a fucking crazy war movie. Yeah. <laughs> with occasionally like thermal vision that you don't understand. Yeah. And then suddenly you just get it. Rah. Do you consider that a horror film? Well, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I think it's an interesting discussion particularly yeah because we went to see the witch last night which mm-hmm. which i was saying i don't consider a horror film i get why people would i don't think it is yeah yeah i don't know if you agree with that or not but um it's hard with something so it's like with when you're making your favorite horror film list yeah i wouldn't think to put predator or alien on there or something but aliens definitely a horror film yeah and aliens is an action horror film um and it's fucking terrifying it's in a yeah. movie i would well, no, I think even the third, the third one's a horror movie. I mean, yeah, Predator One, I would say maybe not two. I'd say Predator Two is probably an action film more. Uh, Predator definitely. One, I think, yeah, I think, was, I think it's a war action horror movie, you know, with science what, fiction. What
0: a crossover.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a science, I would say the are more science fiction horror movies to which, like, you know, mm. I don't know. But yeah, I would say it's a horror
0: movie. Yeah, I mean, if we're going on the sci fi slash horror, for me, Alien definitely is. Yeah. Definitely fits those conventions of the both genres. Whereas I feel that, yeah, Predator. There's a lot of a, little there. less, little less horror, but then way more action and war yeah. film kind of. They're feel.
1: definitely less scary than Alien can legitimately would terrify you if you saw it when you're too young. Yeah, and aliens would, but um yeah, Predator. It's obviously way more fun and way more comic booky, but it's still definitely like, the violence is pretty. Oh, it's great. For that
0: last scene when he and he's covering, covers himself in blood and then no, the whole yeah. big reveal oh, when Predator takes its mask off. It's awesome. So cool.
1: <laughs> it, it's the design on that though. It's just the fact that because he looks so cool with the helmet and then yeah. the helmet comes off and you're like, how can he possibly look cool? Oh, it's fucking awesome. Man, what a film. Um, here we go. Avengers news. Uh, news for 4. Avengers Infinity War <laughs> Part 1. Uh, so the Russo brothers, who directed Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, now then they've just done Captain America Civil War, which they just came out today, I think, to say it's going to be more violent than people think it's going to be, much darker. They just came out to confirm, so earlier in the year, or, sorry, earlier last year, they said Infinity War was going to have 67 characters featured in it. What? Um, they've now come out to confirm it's actually going to be 68 <laughs> distinct characters in it. Distinct character, um, yeah, characters in it. The reason why this is kind of exciting is because they said that and people thought, well, this is just a throwaway kind of like there's going to be a lot of people in this. The fact that they've come back now to correct that as 68 rather than 67 I means they really know what they're doing and they're definitely like these are proper distinct Marvel characters. Um, actors from the Netflix Marvel series, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Dead have all been also campaigning to try and cross over into the silver screen MCU. The first Infinity War film, because there's two of them, uh, comes out in May 2018
0: two years Predator and Infinity War how do you feel about the TV film crossover
1: I would be so pissed if they don't do it at some point like yeah. I I agree they're playing out of their league you know like Jessica Jones and Daredevil fighting you know in, in a war that Captain America and Iron Man and people are in and Guardians of the Galaxy are in yeah that's out of their league but I want to see them helping out because they do in the comics like, yeah they yeah. team up plot. Daredevil's in the Avengers for a bit in the comics and um and it's like why would you not like
0: because like, dc have obviously not taken that option of there yeah no tv DC film cro- crossover i still think they're stupid
1: i still think it's really gonna blow up in their face you know like the flash is their most beloved tv show at the moment um and then they're and now they're about to have in a month's time under a month's time batman vs superman and the flash is going to be in that briefly but he'll be in that but that's their new flash you know their cast for the movie flash it's a different actor and you're like why are you
0: conf- <laughs> why are you confusing everything like, yeah, yeah why
1: <laughs> and why would you cast on for tv and then basically be oh you're not you'll find for tv but you're not good enough for movies
0: yeah i mean so uh so the flash is going to have his own film is mm-hmm. that what you're saying and then the tv series is going to obviously exist Keeps alongside going. that
1: yep But they have nothing to do with each other. Jeez. And it's basically like, you know, imagine if they did do Daredevil in Marvel's Infinity War, but they cast someone else. Because like, yeah, well, you're fine for the little TV show. But I know. They reference each other a lot. Like there's quite a few little references where they talk about Avengers Mm. and stuff. Um Yeah, I would be really upset if they don't bring them in at some point. And from that character count, so I think we should do this on another podcast. We should we should like go through the list of all the Avengers who are currently there. The ones we know were coming, like Spidey and Black Panther in mm-hmm. Civil War, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the yeah, like the Netflix guys. Maybe some of the key agents of Shield people. You want to try them. and get the? the I want to get that list. I want to see can we make from what they have already announced sixty eight characters. Um,
0: I think you'll do a lot better of at that than me. But that is a yeah. We should definitely do that. I mean we'll cheat We'll have lists I don't mean like do it Like I just mean like Let's see if it acts, if, if those numbers add just up make,
1: I'm just making up people out of thin air Yeah <laughs> And they got Yeah We'll just start naming different Mega Man villains
0: Pants Man
1: Pants Man And Lead Pipe And uh, Optimus Prime Yeah Alex the Kid Oh Alex the Kid Yeah He was a good Avenger Yeah he was Um You're excited for Avengers Infinity War. Did you ever see Age of Ultron in the end? Uh,
0: I've seen... (laughs) I've seen half of it. Okay. I ended up watching it, which is really bad, actually. I ended up watching it on on a flight. Um, It's a good movie for a flight. And... Yeah, fell asleep. (laughs) Fair enough. So I watched half of it. Um, And I mean, the first half that I saw didn't really grab me as i thought it would okay
1: yeah it's weird because it's it's like a standalone tale which is very weird for Mm -hmm. the marvel cinematic universe because everything they do props up everything else whereas it's really unnecessary unless they're gonna pay it off somehow but i don't think they are it's very much an aside um which yeah it's kind of what people are asking for people always like you know well there's too many marvel films are talking always about
0: the other ones yeah yeah.
1: well this one's kind of you can just watch it It just it's a
0: one-off adventure kind of (laughs) thing Um, but I mean, it certainly feeds into there. There is c- certainly like elements that it feed back into, like especially the Civil War one, right? Because you start seeing that fracturing of yeah, the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With- no, they're definitely developing
1: the characters <laughs> in that way, but it doesn't like it's not part of a big story picture. Like the other, yeah, like yeah, yeah. which is weird. Because Avengers One, the whole point is like, well, these are the big stories that are about the intergalactic stuff, and mm-hmm. this one's like, well, it's, it's not at all. Like it's just, yeah, you know, this thing that happens and they kick its ass, and that's it and then it fractures the group a bit Um, number five five ten Cloverfield Lane oh my god which uh just popped up a couple of months ago out of (sighs) nowhere from J.J. Abrams directed by Dan Trackenberg was that his name the dude who did the portal uh short fan film if you haven't checked it out go online check it out it's fantastic um I've almost called I think it's portal oh fuck I've forgotten what it's called just type in portal fan film um J.J. Abrams recently came out and talked to Fandango and had this to say about the monster from the first film, and if it appears in the new one, which I kind of really didn't want to know. It's like I don't want to know anything. I know anything. Is this going to be a bit of a spoiler. No, it's not because it's J.J. Abrams, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, there's a spoiler in and on. It's well, I'm i just, just go for it. Yeah. If you really don't want to know anything about Ten Cloverfield Lane, then just skip the next thirty seconds. Open quote: While the Cloverfield monster is not in this movie. There is a new monster, and there's something else that happens, but I don't want to ruin the ending. <laughs>
0: oh, my God.
1: Thank you, JJ. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it really upset me the first sentence, because, like, fuck, I want a monster in this fucking movie, because, like, that's what Cloverfield is. is. Um, but then he said there is a monster, but it's something else. Um, and he's alluded before that, there's, you know, obviously the part of the tagline is, like, monsters come in many forms or something.
0: Interesting. I'm hoping
1: it's not just a fucking you know, sociological, like John Goodman's a bad man or something, and he's the monster in this one. Um, I'm hoping there is some very smart, clever twist to do with the monster.
0: Well, uh, I was talking... uh, If you know
1: anything, don't tell me because I don't want to know
0: anything. No, 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 not about this film, but I was talking about just getting back into the whole Cloverfield uh, world of mythology. I was talking about it this weekend with Taylor. He's a mutual friend of ours. And... Yeah, just remembering how when Cloverfield came out and after I saw it, how they posted all of these different things on the net, like they left behind all these different clues, and then you yeah, go back yeah, and watch the film, and there's like a bit where you see the satellite fall oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. sea, and then yeah, like the satellite yeah, right at the end, and yeah, then, and then yeah. there were clues on the internet as to what that satellite was, and um, yeah, I wonder if they're gonna go with that kind of whole marketing again because that was that was awesome, like how much it. It added to it, especially after watching it the first time. Um, that suddenly you realize, whoa, they've built this whole mythology Some, around yeah. the story that was already on the internet before the film came out. Yeah, um,
1: it is weirder now to think. I know we talked about it before, but it's weird to think now how mysterious that film was, where it's like it's just the monster movie, yeah, without <laughs> yeah. footage. Like, now, it's, it would be you'd be quite disappointed now if there's all that kind of mystery built about what is it, what is Cloverfield, like mm. what. It's like, oh, it's a monster movie. Whereas at the time, it was really new and exciting. And Yeah. Um, well, it actually ties into an expert of news, which is sitting down with EW, J.J. Abrams, explain the DNA between the original Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, as well as the hope that he may one day get a chance to tell more stories that continue to connect uh, this universe. I think that would be presumptuous because we're talking about this movie and comparing it to Cloverfield, but I would be lying if I didn't say there was something else that, if we're lucky enough to do could be really cool that connects some stories. This is just this movie, and it's only two films that we're talking about right now, but there is something else that we'd like to do, and hopefully we'll get a shot. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just hoping he's like, there's some really smart, cool idea with this. and It's not just, you know, like, people are monsters So, too. So to
0: go back to Cloverfield, the first one, that was what was the name of the site where they found the footage I honestly don't do not remember what no I don't think anyone ever really knew what it was called Cloverfield still cuz I thought that's how it opened was like something about let me have a quick look um I just I I
1: thought it was something Yeah, you look it up. I'll I'll move on to the next thing. We'll come back. Mm -hmm. Um, Warner Brothers is jumping on the success of Deadpool and a producer, Roy Lee, of the upcoming Death Note live-action remake uh, from the massively popular anime and manga series has spoken to Collider saying, open quote, it's definitely for adults. It is... I love this sentence. It is zero chance it will be below an R rating. (laughs) Uh, it will be one of the first manga adaptations that feels very grounded, but still has fantastical elements. End quote. With director Adam Wingard, who's the English dude who did uh, Your Next, and the guest on board, the um, Death Note should be in production later this year. Um, so, there you go if you like your Death Note. Brilliant anime series. You should, you should not check it out because you don't have the time. Um, but it's very good, very good. Genuinely, get into that. really smart. Like genuinely, like I was talking about this with Taylor, our mutual friend. <laughs> uh, when he was around and I just put up my list, of 35 uh, favorite anime movies of all time that we were going through last week. <laughs> and we talking through them and I was saying to him, as it says in my, in my uh, piece, my problem with anime, because I've loved anime my whole life, but people tend to either really advocate it and really get behind it and are way too forgiving for all the shit that's out there with anime. Or people just destroy it and they don't realize there's some really fucking great, seriously good anime. Yeah, you know? yeah. Out there, it's like games or comics. There's something out there for everyone. Um, but my list is like try and be films which I'm proud of. You know, films which I would show to almost anyone. and be like, no, seriously, like, this is worth your time. This isn't just if you're an anime fan or whatever. Um, and Death Note is a series, like my bliss is about films, I'm going to do one about series, which is hard to do because there's so many of them. But Death Note is, is one where you watch it and it's just like, oh, fuck, this is really smart. And the stuff they do with it is really clever and really cool. And it's kind of like watching two very smart people play chess. But wow. But with killing people,
0: um, essentially, it's excellent. Well, I have to check that out. Excellent. I'm uh, quite naive when it comes to the animes. Um... That's understandable. I know Sailor Moon. That's the best one. <laughs> um, so I was, I've got the uh, Cloverfield go. information. So yeah, the film starts, the Cloverfield reference in the first film is that the found footage from a personal camcorder recovered by the United States Department of Defense. A disclaimer text states that the footage is, a, is of a case designated Cloverfield and was found in area US-447, formerly known as Central Park. So yeah, the area so the case is yeah, called Cloverfield. The case is called Cloverfield, okay. so. and they've
1: never really said why that is, no. that I know of, anyway. Yeah, so yeah, hopefully they know what they're doing, and there's a reason for that, <laughs> and it's kind of cool. Um, but who knows? It's J.J. Abrams. Super excited. Uh, last piece of movie news here: Tarantino. Oh boy, he's an upset man. Uh, I'm gonna read this whole thing. Um, so for his latest film hateful Eight, many theatres needed to have projection equipment brought in in order to show the film in its proper format which was a 70mm which you know he had a different cut made just to try and encourage people to go but one of the theatres that already had a projector needed was the famous Cinerama Dome in Los Angeles According to Tarantino, this was one of the theatres where the Hateful Eight was going to run in 70mm, but then he was informed that he was being bumped for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Ouch. Recently, the New York Daily News asked the director if he had made peace with Disney. His answer, not so much. (laughs) Quote, no, they fucked me over. I would never work with Disney in any way, shape or form after what they did to me. They fucked me over and I made them a lot of money for Pulp Fiction and that is a really bad way to treat a former employee who has
0: worked very well. For them. Wait, Pulp Fiction Disney what? Miramax. Was oh, Pulp I see, fiction and D-
1: Disney owned Miramax. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. They unhappy Tim. Unhappy over. Taron. Yeah. Hey man. Calm down, Tarantula. School yeah. will be fine. He's pissed. Um, he's in a position where you can be mad at Disney. Not many people I think could be mad at Disney because they're one of the three giants and you're going down if you fuck with them.
0: We love you, Disney. <laughs> we'll do anything for, yeah. for the opportunity
1: to make a live-action Mickey Mouse film. Oh, yes. Gaming news? You ready? No. Oh, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> there's some exciting things. You yeah, ready? You I'm it? very tired. So we've been interviewing all day. Well, you, uh, Alex, have, been I auditioning, I joined, and then yeah. interviewing. I've been interviewing all day for my assistant. It's Your thing, and it keeps wiggling out. It worried me.
0: Uh, he's talking about
1: the plug yeah, in, the, in the mic, just to be clear. Um, number one, gaming news. There was a new Alan Wake trademark that went up. That's about all there's known <laughs> right now. Um, so Remedy, the makers of Max Payne, Alan Wake, and the upcoming Quantum Break, uh, which comes out oh, is that March or April. I think it's April. They just brought out Alan Wake, uh, America's New Nightmare, I think it's called, DLC for the Alan Wake game. You I, haven't play, play. I haven't
0: played any uh, that games. was in your empty
1: period 360 years
0: yeah I really played like. Max Payne
1: Alan Wake is you could definitely tell it's the same developer I'm not the biggest Max Payne fan I mm. love Alan Wake like it's very spooky um, it's kind of like Twin Peaks um, the game crossing right. Stephen King
0: but still like Max Payne like what you still you shoot tell, people like, and kill people
1: well it's it's kind of like because Max Payne you know invented the slowdown mechanic yeah, yeah. Um for shooting and this kind of tries to do something different. Like you use a torch and a gun and the torch kind of slows down your enemies because they're scared of light and it makes them right. burn up and exposes them. So then you can shoot them kind of thing. Um, but it's in a very Stephen King kind of story. Very Stephen King. Yeah. Um, really good game. But anyway, yeah, there should be, there's the new trademark went up. Um, and since they're starting to seem to bring them over to backwards compatible Xbox, the old ones looking like they could be warming Ooh. up for maybe that's going to be the next project after quantum Break.
0: Quantum break.
1: Number two, Kanye West. Uh, he's naming his new album after the TurboGrafx-16 quote on Twitter. Just on some super nerd vibes. One of my favorite gaming systems when I was a kid. And Twitter quote. i do fucking Twitter quotes. That was a ridiculous world we live in. Um, the TurboGrafx-16. That's going to be the name of his album.
0: Bulletproof. The sales. Kanye um, Kanye, that's gonna
1: he's just I just I just there's so many people whose faces I wanna smoosh into walls. <laughs> yeah. Um number uh, yeah. three, the PSP store is closing. What? Yeah, end of the PSP era. You remember the PSP? Yeah. Uh it's still really big in Japan. They still make games for it over there. It was huge in Japan. One of the biggest handhelds. Um Well I liked him. Closing.
0: But I guess there so really a market now for portable uh, gaming devices anymore. Well, is still... that truly the death of the portable device? Well,
1: no, because you've still got the 3DS, which does very well. Still? Um, and yeah, and the PS Vita, which does not do very well. Uh, I mean, sure do you feel...
0: Surely everything's just moving on to tablets and phones now, as yeah. far as portable gaming. I'd
1: agree. Um, well, so this is the thing, because this year we have a new console coming, in the Nintendo NX... Um, and no one knows what it is. Like, they've managed to not have anything leak at any point. All they know are hints that Nintendo has moved into mobile gaming. You know, it's 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 created a partnership, I with what, what company. Um, so they're going to finally be embracing mo- mobile, which is where Nintendo sh- would be making billions. Mm-hmm. And they've just been wasting that because of pride, essentially, for a long time. Um, and there's a lot of rumors what Nintendo NX is going to be. Like, it's because Nintendo always do something forward-thinking, and they fuck up sometimes, but they try weird yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like since they're embracing mobile, they're going to be doing some things. Like, is it a handheld hybrid console? Like, you know, they obviously stepped in that direction with the Wii U. as a pad you could take to bed and yeah. put your game on your little screen and play it in bed when someone's You took your TV. pad to bed. I take my pad <laughs> to bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think if the Nintendo NX can come out with something really smart, that kind of finds a new way to present us with handheld situations.
0: When is that launching? later this year but, but E3 know. reveal
1: yeah there'll be an E3 re- well there'll be a lot of information at E3 definitely oh it has to be there physically at E3 yeah it has yeah. to be um see, so yeah, I don't know what about you
0: what was the last handheld you owned? <laughs> uh Sega Game Gear
1: oh the Game Gear yeah
0: I loved it I mean because that was the Game Boy was still out and kicking and then they bring out this colour screen oh yeah handheld Sexy Uh, sexy machine. Yeah, it was awesome. I had Jurassic Park and Mortal Kombat on it. Um, It was so much fun. If I didn't have my adapter, you know, you could put batteries in it, which didn't give it a huge lifespan. It died very quickly. That was Um, good
1: Sonic. Like Sonic was really well ported. Yeah. uh, um, yeah, I spent Because I was at boarding school We spent a lot of time With the Game Boy And the Game Gear I was always stupid I always bought the Underdogs So I bought like The Saturn for consoles The Dreamcast for consoles That's crazy I bought the Atari Lynx Crazy <laughs> The, the Atari
0: Lynx Yeah uh, Oh no, yeah I remember those as well The Atari Lynx it was, it was That was, it was massive. Yeah, massive They brought out a
1: smaller one The Atari Lynx too But um, uh, But yeah You played California games
0: That was man? the one Yeah Because a family friend of mine He had the Lynx And I had the Game Gear yeah. yeah, I
1: loved it, California games. We bought links with California games for Chara to play during the filming of Geeks. That's what we're playing in the open the scene. Nice. I was like, you have to. I was using it as an exercise for acting. I was like, do the scene, learn off Bahar raise, raise Now I want you to play surfing. And I want you to get over this amount of points while we're doing the scene, so you're not thinking about your dialogue kind of yeah. thing.
0: Um,
1: Directing one hundred one with the whole weight. tip number one: confuse your act. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. Well, and I have something else to add to that. Uh, NX portable, Nintendo NX and portable games. Oh, yeah, Dreamcast. See, that's where. Um, no, honestly, this is the thing. Like, Dreamcast was incredibly forward-thinking. It was actually
0: online before consoles were online. So uh, let let me just uh, refresh my console chronology. Mm. Dreamcast after the Saturn. This is yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. So you had PS2 Dreamcast You had the Sega Master Generation. System,
1: the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, depending on which country you're from. Yeah. Then the Saturn, which was the first disc-based one. They had like some in-between weird shit, yeah, like the TurboGrafx-16 and like the Sega yeah. Super... What was it called? Super Mega Drive? Or... I can't remember. Super Mega Drive, yeah. But Sam was the first 3D one, then Dreamcast. Yeah. Then Sega died and started making consoles. Yeah. Um. Dreamcast is like for a lot of critics and myself, it's like one of the greatest consoles of all time. It's in my top three consoles ever made. Wow, like, it's an incredible console. Great games, hell It was online; you could play stuff online. But the best thing about it was you had these little VMU things. We talked about this
0: before. I think, I think so. Yeah.
1: Um, I'll bring up a little picture though, because I didn't think I brought a picture. There these things called visual memory units, and it was essentially how you had your saves, so you could carry them around to other people's houses, and you slotted them in the back of your pad, and it was back when you'd slot that in, and then you'd slot a rumble pack in as well. You could buy to make your pad rumble.
0: Rumble packs. Um, Oh, my God.
1: But the VMU units were incredible because, uh, let me get a picture of this up. Obviously, this doesn't help if you're listening. Just type in VMU and Google's Dreamcast. There you go. So it was like that. And it had its own little LCD screen that was very basic. as like a stop and watch kind of thing. Yeah. And you had a little D-pad, two buttons, uh, sleep modes and stuff. And then a little chip thing on the top. Now, the chip thing was what went into your pad. So, you had it as your save games. It also meant you had a little screen on your pad, um, which you could have things pop up on while you're playing your game. Then you could take the chip thing and slot it into someone else's. You could kind of like female, male component, like, you know, chop them together, share... Like, items share saves back and forth to each other really easily. This is back when gaming was really fucking easy. Yeah. And not like last week when Xbox went down for a few days. It's like, oh, it's down. You can't play any of your digital games. Yeah. But the best thing about it was your games would unlock little games on your VMU because your save was on here. So then when you are away, you could take this with you and be on the tube or be, you know, whatever, driving and playing games at the same time. And you could play a little game on here to do with the game that you had. So like Power Stone was one of the best games of Dreamcast. And you could play this little like, uh, I think it was this little aeroplane game on it. And then some of the games would have a whole bunch of little mini games. You play them. The point you'd win on this, you could then take back when you played your console game. It would have unlocked new items. It would have unlocked new cool things. The Sonic Adventure game gave you a little Tamagotchi on here that you had to look after. Nice. And then that would unlock stuff in the game like when you took it back. And well, I didn't know any of this existed. Fucking brilliant. Like it's so like, no one's done anything like this still. Um, so I'm hoping Nintendo is something that cool
0: do you think it just didn't work because it was just too ahead of its time I'm trying to remember now like um,
1: it's it was it's price point wasn't good Um, it was first out the gate as well Uh, people were really getting uh, in the swing of Sony by that point they were burned by Saturn because no the Saturn wasn't great it had some great games but Saturn wasn't a great console yeah um and it was just confusingly marketed as well. Like, this was quite hard to explain. It just took me yeah. two minutes to explain that with a photo to a modern mind who understands these ideas. This is all brand new at the time. so. It was...
0: And so at this point, Dreamcast is competing with the PS2 and the Xbox, right?
1: Yeah, the Xbox was just about... I forget the chronology of which one. I think it was Dreamcast, PS2, Xbox. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Um, And GameCube at that point wasn't it i think yeah that's how many have four consoles on the market like
0: it's pretty exciting uh um, consoles
1: but yeah I'd, I'd hope nintendo have something that innovative and cool up the sleeve um
0: so that it kills so the, company. It the <laughs>
1: company but i'm happy <laughs> and that's all that matters um Uh, more gaming news the PlayStation TV is still on sale in the US but is apparently no
0: longer on sale in
1: Japan this was a new little like the Apple TV box yep Uh, PlayStation TV kind of crept out of here no one even noticed it
0: oh yeah this was (sighs) at E3 last year I remember seeing it a fair bit
1: yeah it's already not on sale in Japan anymore so not doing well for them Um, also the PlayStation VR price and release date should be coming on March the 15th at Sony's GDC event now this isn't confirmed But there's enough rumors flying around that this is pretty much a sure thing, Um, which is just in a couple of weeks. So we'll finally know how much PlayStation VR is going to cost. We've had the Vive come out. It's $800 and you need a rig, a PC rig that's over $1,000 to even begin to run it because you need double to 1080p glasses, you know, there are wires everywhere and that one's an interactive one. So you need a massive living space to be able to wander around in while you're using it.
0: What interactive Crazy. in in the way that you like you have to walk around? Yeah, 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 So, so one's, what everyone just no needs to do that on their p- private basketball court, exactly, <laughs> exactly, with the swimming pool there to pull yeah. in.
1: Um, yeah, and I'm trying to remember what was it? Oculus, I think is I think that's eight hundred as well, isn't it? Six hundred, or yeah, I know. Yeah, I might be talking bullshit. I can't remember. A lot of money. Um, I was saying this to our mutual friend Taylor as well. Like, I would buy, I want to, I would love to buy a virtual unit of something. I wouldn't use it that much because it made me feel sick when we used it. Mm -hmm. But for the things where you're planted in one place, you know, where you can't move too much and you can just look around and interact, it'd be really cool. I'm not, it needs to be convenient. I'm not going to spend $800 and $1,000 and have wires everywhere and need a huge space and have to hook up a PC and like, no. So, this is why the PlayStation PR is kind of cool because if that's priced in the, you know, accordingly, you just plug in and play. You know what games you can do. It's all for the PS4. Um,
0: yeah, I think there's probably going to be a lot of uh, with from from my perspective with VR and what I experienced at E3 last year, um, and and also having been away from gaming for so long and then coming in and then trying it, it was like so jarring and and. Um, yeah it was just so jarring i I couldn't connect i I just didn't enjoy it it was very unsettling and i feel like there's probably going to be that sort of discovery of how to best practically use it yeah i mean i i would love it in a sense of uh an open world game like fallout for example where you did have a vr headset but it just meant that you could See and explore Mm -hmm. your world, but you know maybe you're you're still still... using a pad.
1: Yeah, that was a problem that I had because we played the drift on the Oculus Rift, which is the one with like like the film gravity, and you're floating in space and stuff. And now, obviously, you're one you're going around 360 in every (laughs) direction, so it's very disorientating. But you're controlling your character with the stick while sort of controlling with your head as well. Yeah, yeah. You had like a you were still using the stick to look around as well as in your head. Yeah, and it just made me feel really sick. And that was my worry with first-person games as well. It's like, I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be still controlling some of that mobility with the stick
0: and some of it with my head. Yeah, because I guess like if you need to suddenly turn around behind you.
1: Yeah, it's just kind
0: of... And you're on your (laughs) couch.
1: Some of the ones that people have enjoyed the most are the ones where like there's one where you're for gone, which I think this is for Vive, but there's one where you're tied to a chair in the kitchen and there's just like a witch behind you. And you can hear her, like, you watch her drag people behind you and then start doing stuff to them and stuff. And you were just trying to look around and see what's happening. And I um, just had
0: flashbacks to PT. <laughs> That's a beautiful experience. Um, did we talk about that in last week's podcast? About the experience you gave me with PT? No, I don't think we did. Uh, so, yeah, just to quickly recap, we had a um, games night here for your birthday.
1: Yeah, it was the night uh, I got sick.
0: Yeah, the night owl got sick and was put into quarantine. Um, yeah, we had a, a game night. I hosted a game night where we sort of played a uh, trivial pursuit hmm. and then kind of landing on each different square meant you had to play a different game. I landed on a challenge, which meant that I had to play PT in the dark. Everyone that was present in the house had to sit behind me so I couldn't see them and they had to remain silent. And at the same time as playing it, which I will add, was the first time I played it.
1: Yep very important to this challenge. Didn't
0: didn't even know about the game until maybe a couple of days before when we talked about it. Um and I had to wear a heart monitor and make sure my heart stayed below a certain 110 level. I think bpm which is the yeah. official
1: panic rate. Yeah. And you had to play 15 minutes. I, I had, had to it.
0: play it for 15 minutes and that was a beautiful experience. It was it was <laughs> terrifying. I, I I've never felt that that scared, And I mean, and even from the very beginning of the game, when you have to work out, walk out the first door, I probably sat there for, for like, yeah, just hearing that. And I think I was sitting there for... I mean, everyone, put it this way, everyone was bored watching me because I didn't want to move.
1: No, you were so entertaining, man. You just put, you kept pulling the rug over your head. You got the dog up onto the sofa.
0: And then you would just stop playing
1: at some point and just go, no, no, I can't do it. Is it 15 minutes? It
0: yeah, I just wanted that. It was the slowest 15 minutes of my life terrifying um you but get- just i was i was just blown away by the sound design just and the minimalist sort of nature of it but how it all fucking came together and worked and you know it, it but at the same time it seems so uh minimal uh, minimalist but the, mm. there's just so much happening no, in that game much that you can off, figure really. out would you, um, would
1: you play it again though? Would you? Yeah. The
0: funny thing is, I kind of and, and this probably maybe I shouldn't have have done this, but part of me was curious to see how other people reacted, right, so I watched right. some of the reaction right videos right, yeah. on YouTube, which then obviously gave away a few of the scenes in the game. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, after I played it that night, you you continued to play a bit and showed yeah. me a bit more. So yeah, and it was funny. Then after that, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. and I wanted to go back into that world and, and try and play it again. Um, I mean, if you offered for me to play it tonight after this podcast, <laughs> I would still say, no, I want to play it during the day. Um, um, um uh, but yeah, and you did,
1: you did, uh, you did hit over 110. I did. Yeah. yeah. I failed. Unfortunately, to, you failed the test. I as failed well. the test.
0: However, um, I did win the overall game. You pack, did. You did. And I got a plaque to show for it. You have a plaque and, and you made a
1: beautiful Lego Star Wars thing, shuttle.
0: Shuttle, the Imperial Shuttle, Palpatine's Imperial Shuttle, but this one was the one that the rebels stole to fly onto the forest moon of Endor.
1: That's pretty cool. I was surprised. All the little, I like all the little flaps coming up and down and people can actually yeah, be inside. Yeah, so it. many it's bits nice they're like
0: open and... He did a good job building yeah. that,
1: so... Thank you. Um, so, yeah, for PS4, yeah, so I think for like VR, that, that sort of thing could be kind of cool if you don't have too much, you know, uh, mm-hmm. maneuverability, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to take a long while for VR to get And we're going to be talking about VR for a long time in this podcast because it's going yeah. to come back every week for years now. Um, if it sticks around to the point where, you know, the technology gets better, because the thing is the PlayStation VR is not the best version of VR, but it's probably going to be the cheapest and most convenient. So we'll probably win because convenience is king. Yeah. Um, and it's not all about, you know, the quality of the hardware. It's just about how you're delivering it and what games are on it. Um, I don't, yeah I mean I don't know I think VR is going to be used in a lot of weird ways that people haven't even imagined yet um, I don't personally think it's going to stick around in gaming I really don't I know yeah, everyone well, thinks this is it and this is the thing I don't think it's going to I think you know it's going to be a very exclusive thing for a very small amount of people I think the gestation period it needs to get to where it has to be to hit the public and the price point it needs to be to hit the public it's going to take them 5 to 10 years and I don't know if it's going to last that long I know they've invested so much money they kind of have to keep going. Like, I'm sure Oculus probably will because Facebook have put so much money into that. But I don't know, man. I don't think it's ever going to be embraced like people think it is as a gaming tool. I think people feel inherently stupid with these things on their heads. Um, and I think it's such a different way of gaming, you know. And the more, whenever, other than the Wii, which was a success purely because it, it was a casual gaming thing that yeah. everyone could understand from grandmas to kids we as gamers don't really embrace new ways to play video games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, perhaps there's ways of it being used that we don't know yet, but from 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 where we're at now, for me, it's, it just doesn't... I don't see how it works. It would just alter how you play. And, and to think, like, you know, if you're playing a game where the environment and what's around you is so important and is key... And you are having to, like, twist and turn in your chair. I think it's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really it's, I can weird. see it, like, yeah,
1: in arcades and stuff like that. It's an experience simulator
0: yeah. or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh,
1: but in your home... Oh, man. Who wants all that shit? Like, climbing around. And I would buy any crap that's cool and new and weird, you know, but I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's happening. Um, Uncharted 4 got its first story trailer. It was pretty cool. Oh, boy. That's looking like a great game. Oh, boy. Uh, not much to say about it, it just looks fucking
0: fantastic,
1: to be honest
0: I mean yeah, i mean the the last one was incredible i mean and this is ah uh, 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 can't even talk <laughs>
1: actually, I'll tell you what I'll ask you this because I asked um Katie this yesterday, I'm an only child, and the one thing that really the only thing that turns me off about this is his brother in it, mm-hmm. um and his brother just doesn't interest me at all, it doesn't interest me at all, Nathan having. A family and siblings, and that more yeah, community yeah. aspect too. I like my characters to be loners, and I like mm-hmm. them to be on a path on their own. And already having a surrogate dad and Sully is kind of enough for me. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that they're trying to do something very mature with Nathan from the looks of it, and make him less cool, and make him more of his psyche is fractured, and he's delusional, and he's just actually a bit of a crazy person. Yeah, I think that's a very cool things to do with your character. But yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't. It makes me less excited. Whenever I see the brother, I'm just like, I want to just be Nathan.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, um, you know, I'm quite new to the Uncharted world. Only, only finished uh, the second and third one at the beginning of this year after the holidays. Yeah. Um, played a bit of the first one just to kind of see what it was like. But, you know, Very didn't, really have, yeah, didn't really have any urge to sort of continue with that. So seeing his brother uh, in this recent trailer... Yeah, I mean, I had to ask you: Was he in the other ones? Like, did I miss it? It's sort of
1: mm-hmm.
0: that—that's how I felt about it. it. Was like, did I miss something? Is, is he important? Why is he like? Why is he here now after all these games? Why yeah. Do we...
1: But does that excite like, you? Know as, as someone, you know, like I said, I'm an only child, and I don't have much to read into that. In and mm-hmm. I like loner characters and things. Yeah. As you, you have,
0: you know, I have an older brother and sister. But yeah, I mean, it, for me. I mean I yeah I certainly like the 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 narrative of Nathan Drake from the first or uh, from the previous games. Yeah, it feels already set up that he was this loner kid and that Sully finds him and I like that. Mm. And it works in that world and I feel that if you still want to show these cracks in him you still can without I don't know. For me it was just like why is he here now? Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Particularly because in, th- in the third one you have him as a kid and he's definitely on his own. Yeah, had- I loved those bits. That then then was awesome.
1: You have a flashback in this story trailer. Don't you? Where I think he's a teenager or something, hanging yeah. out with his brother on the bike because they mirrored a the shot. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, where, the- where did he come from? And like, why? I don't really. I don't know. I'm a, it makes me a little bit worried. If this is genuinely the last Uncharted, I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to be like, wow, the gameplay is incredible, the cutscenes phenomenal, the set pieces are spectacular. Yeah. It's all ruined for me because it's not the personal journey that I want, you know. Because the they're narrative.
0: set up and and, you know, these are some spoilers if no one's played the third one. Is that he escaped from like a, a foster home or like a, a convent or something? Yeah. Being looked after
1: man, it's been i I'm trying to remember. It hasn't been a while. It's, it's, some, it it's something like I'm that going. where he
0: he he was being looked after by by nuns or in a foster home or something. And
1: I like. I just. I, <sighs> I like his background being a bit mysterious. And I like that, you know, he's convinced he's the son of, well, not son, like a descendant of Francis Drake. And I like that then you find out he changed his name. And there's all these creases that you start to realize of, oh, he's actually just delusional and a bit crazy. Do you find that? Yeah. And the third one, you find out that he changes, like, because someone says something to the man and then he gets snappy with them. Yeah. I'll need to look this up again. Yeah. um, To check. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure you find out he's not actually called Nathan Drake he called himself Nathan Drake All yeah right. um, anyway trailer looks great
0: trailer looks <laughs> That's great despite my can't narrative to, worries yeah can't, can't wait to play it I mean it looks beautiful and the, the bit that we saw at E3 like that still is just stuck with me yep like I can't wait to get that to oh, that man. sequence
1: oh man um Okay, so here's something that might make you excited, Mr. Alexander Chard. So we talk quite a lot on here about Red Dead Redemption as one of all of our favorite video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were asking the other week, like, will, it, you know, will they reveal a new one at E3? And I said, no, because Rockstar never go to E3. That is true. Rockstar don't do E3. They're too big and special. But their publisher, Take-Two, do go to E3. Um, or they... I don't know if they do every year, to be honest. I don't know if I've noticed so much. But no, Take-Two will be at E3... Quotes in a big way this oh year, God. according to a quote from Take Two CEO Strauss Zelnick. They already have announced or released games from several of their major studios in 2016, including XCOM 2 from Firaxis. I don't pronounce that. Battleborn is upcoming from Gearbox, the makers of Gears of War the makers of Borderlands, and a third. Uh, sorry, Gearbox not makes the Guild that it makes the of Borderlands. And there's a third entry in the Mafia series, which is really cool, like GTA open mm-hmm. world you know, uh, game. Which leaves as the biggest, their biggest uh, developers, Rockstar and uh, Bioshock director Ken Levine, to announce new games. In the past, Zelnick has labeled Bioshock and Red Dead Redemption as permanent franchises. Zelnick also mentioned there'll be new, P annou- uh, new IP announced, as well as extraordinary franchises. E3 is June the 14th to 16th. We'll be there <laughs> reporting day to day, checking out all the stuff that's happening.
0: Could they do it? Could they announce it?
1: I just don't think Rockstar would still allow them to do it, but I I definitely know they wouldn't for Grand Theft Auto, but maybe for Red Dead. Like, who knows? They have to, they have to soon. They have to soon. And you want, what you want them to do, you want Rockstar to do a Fallout. You want them to come out at E3 or whenever it is, even if it's around E3. Yeah, yeah. But hey, guess what? Red Dead's coming. It's out in November.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I would need. lose my mind. If and then you watch all that's... the games run.
1: You watch all the other games clear that schedule. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, at the very least, all I want for the moment, if I have to wait for Red Dead 2 for whether it's this year or next year, I at least want that to be available on the oh, backwards oh. compatibility. Mm. Yeah, so I can just go back and play it. And, I used to uh, love. Oh, if they could fix the online man, the online and that was fantastic.
1: I played that with you a few times. Yeah,
0: but it fucked it. Yeah, I mean, I played that when I had just started, so I hadn't kind of earned Got my group. levels. Your so <laughs> was, yeah, so I was still on a uh, donkey. Oh yeah, you were. Well, that was so
1: funny. Riding on horses, trying to take down this like castle or something, because yeah. everyone used to love to siege Yeah Some of the castle things you can, well, they weren't castle, whatever, like the huge sort of castle buildings. And then you
0: come right in a yeah, little, little donkey, donkey, on your burro. Burro, yeah. And then I remember a few times, uh, well, well, I think I think the first time we played, you and I just decided to gang up on one guy and oh, yeah. chase sounds, him around. And I was like just a... on my donkey and could never could never catch him. <laughs> Lasso him. And yeah, that was yeah. so
1: good. I remember that. But yeah, what a game. I would play. I would love to play some on. I'll tell you what, we say this every week and I'm going to organize this shit because it really upsets me. That all of us now, like Justin, Nate, you, me, we know we play video games um, and we have Xbox Ones and stuff. Mm -hmm. None of us are playing like any Grand Theft Auto online. None of us are still doing those heists online together. And honestly, most incredible Grand Theft Auto experiences are the online heists. Um, So I just want to organize a night where all of us are cool. We'll actually get online and play. Because we never play together online. It's crazy. That's true. Um... Uh, blah 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 not content with the remakes of Resident Evil 1 and 0 out on Xbox 1 and PS4 Capcom have released an announcement trailer for Resident Evil 4, 5 and 6 all coming to Xbox 1, PS4 um and PC I want to say maybe I remember that definitely the consoles um they each game will cost you $20 or 16 pounds 6 Resident Evil 6 will launch on March the 29th Resident Evil 5 comes out in summer and 4 in the fall America will be getting physical copies. And Resident Evil 6 will include all the post-release content. So you'll be able to get a lot of them. A lot of the Resis. Perfect. Um, yeah, 4 is obviously one of the greatest action video games of all time. Really uh, changed how action games and horror games are made, for better or worse. Um, 5. I actually quite like 6. People don't like 6, but 6 is like a celebrated one where each... Levels like in a different mood, sort of thing. Some were like classic survival horror, some were action, some were like, kind
0: of um, cool. yeah. I've only played Resident Evil One,
1: <laughs> it's on the
0: first PlayStation, yeah, and uh, two, With I the think, tank and then there's yep, and then there was the one that they did, there was a first person shooter.
1: Oh, yeah, it was that, that was uh, Umbrella Conquerors, I think mm. they were called. I was liked on the uh, Dreamcast. Resident Evil Code Veronica. Wow. (laughs) Did you save it with your little uh, hub thing? I used my little VMU. I did. Um, And Rocket League gets the Batmobile from the new Batman v Superman movie in March. It'll cost you just $2 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. A physical copy of the game is coming, but neither a price or a release date has been revealed as of
0: yet. I will just say that from our game night on your birthday, that uh, Nate and I teamed up mm. to come back from two goals down to annihilate. You're like what? Casey, were you like to two? Yeah, we smashed it. We uh, and that was
1: all of your first times playing that game. Mm-hmm.
0: Once uh, Nate and I figured out how to boost and jump, <laughs> yeah. That's a great game. Oh, it really so is. much fun.
1: I haven't really played it much yet. I need to need to play some of that. Uh, that's all the gaming news that we have. That's all the movie news. all the game news all <laughs> done.
0: Slow oh. down.
1: What's next, um, Tom? Let's talk some Oscars, shall we? Or do you want to do that at the end? Uh, Should we go and
0: releases? Yeah. All right. Releases this week. We're gonna do a little bit of Chris Bracken
1: Give me some money. Me that was the most beautiful <laughs> Even though there was no harmony, There's it no was harmony. still beautiful. Uh, it's kind of like Elliot Smith, you know? He just double doubles up those vocals. There you go. If you exactly. pan... I'm just going to pan out in each year, <laughs> and it's going to yeah. be haunting.
0: <laughs> okay, so this week's
1: releases. Oh uh, we God, what's coming out, Alex? For
0: Friday, March 4th. my
1: money, and I want to spend it on things.
0: You have a few choices this week. Excellent. First off, I am going to tell you... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. (laughs) But you're going to fucking tell me. I'm going to tell you what to go watch. tell me what to do. Do you like
1: animation, Al? I love
0: love animation. Because there is a new animation.
1: There's a new animated film.
0: Animated film. I
1: doubt it. Yeah,
0: it's called... Zootopia. Oh yeah, coming to the cities. Yeah, in a city of anthropomorphic animals, a fugitive con artist Fox and a rookie bunny cop must work together to uncover a conspiracy. A rookie bunny cop? Stars uh, Jason Bateman, Idris Elba, J.K. Simmons, amongst others. A rookie bunny cop? Rookie bunny cop.
1: Uh, I think I've seen that porn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, 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 pornography. Uh, <laughs> the trailer for this looked really funny uh, with the whole bunny talking to the sloth at the uh, DMV or wherever it was. Getting great reviews. Yeah, what did you say it was on Nine the?
1: out of ten on IGN <laughs> and other scores on other sites.
0: <laughs> uh, who's this? Actually, I didn't even write. Who? What uh, company made this? Oh, this is Disney. 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 Okay, so that's a, that's a good one. I think that will be a hit.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna, I might go and see it. I'm kind of in the mood for a good animated film because it's been a long time since there has been one. That I enjoyed I didn't really enjoy Inside Out
0: I, I didn't go see that
1: I, I didn't like it Why? We'll get into that in the Oscars
0: Okay Okay uh, Also coming out Is the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen
1: Yeah
0: London this Has came out Fallen
1: Last year in England <laughs> Like in summer last year
0: So in London For the Prime Minister's funeral Mike Banning discovers a plot To assassinate all The attending world leaders Starring Jared Butler and Aaron Eckhart.
1: It'd be brilliant if there's just like two world leaders and they like yeah. shitty little countries no one okay cares about. Well.
0: Um, I think it said on the poster, um, Prepare for bloody hell. <laughs> That's a good British accent. Yeah.
1: Um, did you see the first one? No, I didn't. Some people swear by it. They say it's the best non-official die-hard movie ever made.
0: I did read that quote, yeah.
1: Um, but I've never seen it, so.
0: Can't confirm or deny. Who is it? Who plays the dude? Gerard the, Butler. Oh, you see? And Aaron Eckhart. It's Channing it well. Tatum, I'd it. it. was Channing Tatum in his sailor suit from Hail Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that scene in Hail Caesar is incredible.
1: If you haven't seen Hail Caesar, it's worth going to see just for one scene. I mean, even you knew that was coming because everyone was like, that's the highlight scene. Yeah, so yeah. as soon as it started, I thought, oh, I'm going to be disappointed because this is meant to be yellow. I a like, It's amazing. What a man. Although, yeah, he's his mounting the submarine That was was pretty (laughs) pretty glorious. Yeah.
0: Go see it for Channing Tatum. Um, Wonderful. Uh, Also coming out... (laughs) Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, so we found out last night after we watched it that... uh, A silhouette. Dolph Lundgren has a uh, uncredited cameo. Yeah, find the silhouette. Find the silhouette. Find the Dolph. Find the Dolph. (laughs) Lundgren. Lundgren. What else is coming out? What's happening? (laughs) Also coming out is... Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Oh, last. Which is WTF.
1: I thought this was a TV show. I'm not going to lie. The poster's make it look like a TV
0: show. Yeah, so this is a uh, Tina Fey film. It's about a journalist uh who recounts her wartime coverage in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Wouldn't think it would be sort of very comedic based uh uh content. <laughs> but it's based on a book called The Taliban Shuffle Strange Days in Afghanistan and Pakistan by Kim Barker, I think. It stars Tina Fey, Margot Robbie, and. Um, Margot Robbie, she's everywhere. Yeah, and Martin Freeman. Talk know that guy. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, I closed my notes. Uh, yeah, Tina Fey, Whis- Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot. Saw the trailer. Yeah.
1: No? I haven't seen I haven't seen a trailer. I've just seen the posters everywhere all around.
0: I mean, um, this is, it looks like it has some funny bits. I did, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Are you a Tina Fey fan? I do like Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. I, Sounds like a cocktail. I do like to sup on a Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen... I will admit I haven't seen every episode of 30 Rock, but every episode I have seen, I really loved. Mm. Uh, what else has <clears> she been in? Mean Girls.
1: Oh. Yeah, that was one, one of my interviewees' favourite films. Love the Mean Girls. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan. Why? Are you? I don't know. That's don't why. know her enough? I I mean, I know her name very well. I don't think I've really paid attention to her
0: at all. I did um, go see her last film with Amy Poehler, Sisters. Oh, really? Um, you saw sisters? Yeah, which had its really good bits, but then there's some bits where it felt like... um they were sort of trying to force the sort of smutty, gross humor right. in the kind of flavor of Amy Schumer and what she's doing now.
1: I hear, you. I hear you. Oh, um, yeah, I'm looking for all of her stuff now. There's nothing she's really done that I would want to watch, to be honest. And Other I mean, I,
0: I feel like Tina Fey, you know, she's such a talented writer that I don't feel like she has to resort to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear.
1: Like, she can be... She doesn't need to be part of that kind of... We're as lewd as guys. Yeah, exactly. I hear
0: But, I mean, this one doesn't seem like it's in that sort of uh, mould. So, yeah, it could be interesting. But will I see it at the cinemas? Probably not. I'll wait till it's out on DVD or Netflix or something. Uh, Finally, coming out on a limited release... um, which is a film I think we talked about in our very first podcast when we sort of reviewed films that were going to be coming out right in the next year. And it's Terence Malick's new film, Night of Cups. Yeah, this is the one. This is the one. So this is, I mean, crazy cast. I, I, I can just name a few Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Natalie Portman. But I mean, the list goes on. There's everyone in this uh, And yeah. The, the description I've got here is just all it says is a man reflects upon some of the of his past relationships. But essentially it follows Christian Bale, who's a successful Hollywood actor, uh-huh. right? And as his kind of world...
1: His psyche is kind of... I think it's like, uh, yeah, refusing to fit into the surroundings mm-hmm. and, and kind of contemplating on the decisions he's made. So this is the thing, because I love Terrence Malick. Um that uh, absolutely love handed Mark and i'm always waiting for him to make the perfect movie um and his trailers always make them make it look that way like to the wonder yeah with ben affleck and uh, rachel mcadams and uh oh that girl it's incredible um <laughs> um that the trailers for that really look like that was going to be his perfect movie and it wasn't it's was a very good movie um this one's doing the same, so I'm worried it's not going to quite live up to what I wanted to be in my head. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, man! Like I'm just recently, the last couple of months rewatching all Terrence Malick's films, and yeah. I just like they're just so unique and so heartfelt, and yeah, pretentious in places. But um, but just what man, they're just they're actual rides in a way that, you know, cause you normally talk about a ride in a movie and it's like, it's always normally, you know, action rides or it's yeah. horror rides. It's like, well, this is a fucking, like just an emotional ride where it doesn't even always make sense. And you're just wrapped up into kind of the heady intoxicating ideas of, uh, you know, or someone's persona. Um, I'm
0: very excited for night of cups. Yep. Me too. I think it's going to do something to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's going to be great, but I, I, yeah. yeah. Well, however it comes out, I think it's gonna it's gonna have some kind of
1: Yep, yep.
0: punch in the effect. chest effect. So
1: there are all the movies coming out. they so are the all cinema. the movies. So well, let me just
0: quickly recap: Utopia, London has fallen, uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and Night of Cups, which okay. only has a limited release. So that's a that's a good lineup, though. Yeah, it's it. it's a lot What'll stronger your pick? than uh, Night of Cups. I Knight think of cups. if I had to if I had to order them, I'd go Night of Cups. Um, and Zootopia I'd probably yeah, I would be willing be to go and see that I'm for sure
1: but, but I would actually watch any of those four films
0: prepare for bloody hell video games what's video happening? games so quickly uh, come these come a, are coming out on March use? 1st uh, wh- while you're listening to this um, Heavy Rain on PS4 oh Heavy
1: rain's coming to PS4 so we talked about this this is the um, ooh These guys, (laughs) Quantic Dream, uh, they make games. I'm trying to think of what you would know. So yeah, so you're a big fan of Until Dawn. Mm -hmm. They didn't make that game. But (laughs) uh, Until Dawn was completely a, um, I'm not going to say a ripoff. It was using exactly the same format as Quantic Dream developed and really innovated, which were cinematic, you know, movie that you interact with and kind of play and make decisions with just yep. like Until On. Um, so they play exactly like that and they pioneered it and created it. Um, they did a game called Fahrenheit uh, which was called Indigo Prophecy in some countries which was excellent. Had the first sex scene I ever played where if you did it right and you had to seem right you got, you had sex with someone and then you actually had to control their buttocks like as they were like having sex with this. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and then after that they made Heavy Rain which a lot of people still think is their greatest game. It's uh, incredible Um, some bad dialogue but incredible visuals and incredible like dark story very like seven kind of thing it's about a father who loses his child and goes looking for him
0: interesting Um,
1: and then you play as a detective as well and there's a lot of different elements and then they did Beyond Two Souls which was starring uh, Karen Page um, and Willem Dafoe there in the game Um, and that one it has already been available since the end of last year, and its updated PS4 version. You can download that. A lot of people hate it. I love Beyond Two Souls. Um, I actually think it's one of the best games for people who don't play video games to try playing. It has some real problems in it. So they're all within the
0: same format. They're all the same format. They really yeah.
1: pioneered it, um, and then they have a new one coming out called Detroit. Um, I can't remember what it's colon. Is. It's got a stupid colon to it, um, which is about um sort of X Machina sort of style thing. It's about an AI ghost in the shelly sort of. Thing. Ah, cool. Uh, I, think I saw a train with that. Uh, yeah, I think I did. So this is Heavy Yeah, this is this is the PS4 updated, slightly you know better looking version of what a lot of people think is their best game.
0: Okay, well, I will have to check that out. I'm sure. Also coming out on PS4, Ironcast. Don't
1: know that one. Not <laughs> not <a> real <laughs> I
0: realize game. I I ask all I I every week when I say these games, I say it as a question. Well, as you should. That one's not a real game. McDroid? No, not real. Uh, Mortal Kombat XL. That one is that is correct. So, what is that? Just additional it's uh, all the extra characters because okay. they've just brought out was it Xenomorph
1: and Leatherface and someone else. Someone I still haven't
0: played it as Predator yet. He's cool. He's cool. Speaking of Predator, Predator
1: versus Jason versus Xenomorph versus that's gonna be good. Some good matches. I really just want the next game to be Horror Icons. That's That'll what I be want cool.
0: them to do. Uh, what else have we got here? Three DS game screen cheat. What's that? I don't know. And yeah. Xbox
1: One, Scranger. and PS4.
0: Oh. Uh, Square Heroes on PS4. Yeah, I think some people like that one. Uh, the Witch and the Hundred Night Revival Edition. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know that one. And that's it for games. Oh, and you got Bloods Blue. Is that coming? Hey. Oh my God, Katie! Hey. Thank you, thank you. It's the black
1: pepper tofu on Friday. Oh my God! We just got brought delicious food, and I'm very hungry. I haven't eaten anything since like 11 this morning we will keep recording while we <laughs> while we eat while we eat we'll take it in turns to talk um oh my god so you go down here far cry primal which obviously came out last week mm-hmm. but we didn't talk much about it
0: so um, you've played it now this week I yeah i played it yep thoughts so
1: some of the games that came out last week that we didn't really talk about um the flame and the flood we talked a bit about we played at e3 last year that looked beautiful um, we have not I'm destroyed played it.
0: it I think is uh, what he said last week did he
1: say what he said he, he oh yeah he broke it didn't he tested the parameters of the game <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and broke the system um, super hot came out on PC which we missed last uh, last week that's a very cool looking game um, I'll show you a little bit of it it's, um, it's it's so as when you move everything else moves when you don't it doesn't um, and so you kind of use that as to your advantage is for shooting things. And I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm gonna get it. Get it up on my video feed. So
0: you, the rest of your environment moves.
1: Yeah, and it's very stylish. Um, it was a Kickstarter game, I think. Um, that's on PC. Uh, Plants vs Zombies Garden Warfare Two uh, was out. Um, it's a cool little game, actually. It's good fun if you like that kind of thing. It's a, it's actually a first person shooter, um, but with some cool tactical elements. Devil Daggers came out on PC, as Taylor told me about, which is this cool sort of uh, pseudo 16-bit arena shooter, which is kind of cool. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, maybe this is a shit way of showing it. This might be the internet. Oh, no, here we go. Super hot. So it's slowing down because he's moving slower as he does something so you can do that and then you can stop and everything will just freeze and you can then figure stuff out and then fire a bullet and then move and like you know it's kind of hard to explain it and like if you watch playthroughs on YouTube it it makes more sense yeah they're not really showing how it is if you stop um, but it's cool interesting um, yeah Devil Daggers looks cool so Far Cry Primal I've played quite a bit of this now uh, and Katie's been playing quite a bit of it I'm about 10 hours in Um, it's it's not a game for everyone and Nate was here you know last week and he was like oh I want to buy a Far Cry game mm-hmm. and I was like don't buy Far Cry Primal buy yeah. Far Cry 4 one we can play together two because there's more you can do it he's like no I think I'll we'll buy Far Cry Primal texted me saying I'm buying it I'm buying Far Cry Primal texted me the next day said I couldn't get into it I didn't want to do it it was overwhelming I'm not playing it
0: <laughs> wow really
1: <laughs> I was like dude told you <laughs> for starters though because you said this was Far Cry but you weren't playing other stuff at that point like it seems overwhelming to people yeah. Uh, which I find bewildering, considering Nate plays a lot of Fallout. Yeah, like yeah. Fallout is an overwhelming game, and the the menu systems and the you know yeah. the stuff you can do in that game is crazy compared to Fallout, like Far Cry. Far Cry really leads you by your hand, you know, and it's very just palatable. Uh, I'm sure it's not as easy as Halo or something, but it's a very easy if you use used to Fallout.
0: Yeah, Far. Going back to Far Cry now, I've and sort of now also having a better idea of what games are like and. It's it's at the perfect level for me. Yeah. Uh, fall, fallout's great, but I feel like it's a it's a big commitment, and yeah. you you can really build your way into that world. Whereas Far Cry is that good balance, I think.
1: No, exactly. Um, no, so if my problem with Far Cry Primal I only use the bone arrow really in Far Cry Four. Mm-hmm. So you think Far Cry Primal would be made for me? Yeah. It's pissing me off because it's all about. So in Far Cry Four, what I love about Far Cry Four is the tr- like my options for traversability. I can use my yeah. wingsuit. I can use my grapple hook. I can use vehicles, whatever I want. Um, and my options for attack on something. So you find something, you use your binoculars, you scope it out, you figure it out. I might go in just with a bow and arrow, but then I'll whip out a fucking rocket launcher. I could bring coming on a um, copter with my friend hanging down. Like I could yeah. ride an elephant through the front door, like whatever I want to do. With Far Cry Primal, it's all about hunting. Like you have to hunt, you have to do a lot of hunting to get the stuff you want and to upgrade how you want to. And it's all about um, harvesting, kind of combining shit together, you know, to make different things. And I'm not really interested in either of those things with Far Cry. I like that they're there, but Mm -hmm. I can ignore them. That's really important to me with Far Cry 3 and 4. Um, like, I don't really do mixing any potions and, you know, whatever you want to call it, medicine stuff. Yep. And I don't really hunt much in Far Cry 4. Like, I do the special ones you have to do to win certain, you know, things. Yep. But generally, I don't really do it. Far Cry Prime was all about that. You can, the cool thing is you can tame animals, which is kind of dumb because you just throw some meat down. And then you just walk up to them and go, shh, <laughs> <laughs> shh. And then a big saber-tooth tiger that's kind of growling at you with blood or something.
0: Go, oh, okay, pet my head. That's how you tamed me that's true, that meat true on that sh- like. <laughs>
1: they call me the alex whisperer oh yeah it works um, every time but it's it's just you know it's cool you can train these different animals and you can have a wolf and you can have a saber tooth and you can build up and have different pets that follow you around much like fallout um only more you know like the companions obviously on. um they have different attributes and stuff but and then you can ride some of them as well. You can ride bears later on. I haven't quite got to that. You can ride a saber tooth later and stuff. Can't ride a badger? I can't ride the honey <laughs> badger. But that's like the last one you unlock is the honey badger. Um, and, and yeah, and you have an owl as well that you kind of become and fly around. And that's really how you scope things out. And you can mark things on your map and then attack with the owl if you upgrade it and blah, blah, blah. So there's some cool elements. And don't get me wrong, it's a great game. It's kind of very pretty. It's a bit too thick um in terms of its visuals and foliage and stuff for me to find it appetizing it's not quite pretty pretty enough it's very yeah. primal so you know it's kind of a bit too volcanic which for me isn't as appetizing to wander around and get lost in um but it's it's uh, but it's just all that stuff it's like well you have to use basically your club or your bone arrow there's a couple yeah. other things you can use but that's mostly it for most of the time or you just send your animal into you people all the time you're just constantly sending your animal ahead to you people um and i just like that's not really what i want from far cry are less choices like that you know i like all my options in far cry 4 i like the world I like getting to pick what i'm doing and i care about the story the far cry 4 story isn't the best but is the map very big it's pretty big it's not as big as far cry 4 but it's big um i I just don't care about the story in this at all. Everyone's just grunting
0: at each other, and everyone's yeah. kind of annoying and stupid. Yeah, I mean um, that's a, how you described it when I messaged you. You said a lot of grunting, a lot and of crazy grunting. eyes.
1: Yeah, those crazy eyes There's some girl who's like likes to cut people's ears off and stuff. And it's just basically yeah. I'm still playing it. If you love Far Cry and you've you know destroyed Far Cry Four. I would say yeah, go play it. Like it's yeah. it feels very it's weird because it looks like oh, it's kind of just like a reskin Far Cry four and there's, there's even similar noises when you take down a settlement and you hear this little yeah, horn in the distance, which you get when you do Far Cry Four. Yeah, so
0: do you see it? Do you look at that then as as this game is more almost not not a spin off? I don't know what the mm. right word is, yeah, but I certainly would, not would like would a spin. it's not Far Cry five. No. Yeah. It's big enough
1: to nearly be. I don't think it's innovative enough. Yeah. um and i don't not a far cry 4 was massively different from 3 but it built on those things and it gave mm-hmm. you more options this gives you way less options yeah so it's definitely for if you're a different player if you want to play a hardcore version of far cry and i love far cry 2 which was really hardcore but if you want to play one that's purely about hunting and you like the idea of hunting animals and skulking around and picking plants then this is definitely for you like it's, it's all of that stuff um but for me it's not what, why i play far cry games but i'm still enjoying it like i'd oh, oh, I will probably play it for to the end
0: but you certainly wouldn't recommend it
1: as a I would not recommend it as an d- entry point yeah no no not at all not at all
0: yeah it's funny like I had been really keen to play it and then seeing some of the trailers closer to the release date and then hearing your feedback and reading some different feedback online mm. it sort of uh, put the brakes on it a bit for me some
1: people really love it like you know mm. like some people crazy about it. uh plus there's no co-op i love co-op in far cry yeah um like yeah i don't know how does katie find it she's pretty much feeling the same way as me i think about it um she's enjoying it she's playing she's about the same place as i am we're doing some things differently um but you do i'm also watching her play and i'm like oh it's interesting we do a lot of the same beats because the options are less like where far cry Four very quickly you're like oh i went a different direction and did different mm-hmm. things um But I'll lend you, because we've got a digital download and a disc, so I'll lend you the disc if you want. You can give it it a go. All right, let's have a quick, because this is going on longer than I thought. Let's have a really quick look at the uh, Oscars that happened last night.
0: See if we agree.
1: Yeah, I'm going to read through each each of the main headers, and then... we don't know all the winners because we didn't really pay them attention. Did you pay attention? Uh, obviously, the big ones. Oh uh, right? Yeah,
0: the big ones had a quick glance at this yeah, yeah. overall list. Okay, well, I'll just play it. We'll read them out and then we'll
1: say who we think won and then who thinks think should win. I can obviously tell who won because it's written here on the paper. So,
0: this is a stupid game. Yeah, I think I think I know most of the winners. <laughs>
1: Best picture, um, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Obviously, we know Spotlight won that one. Mm-hmm. Um, But who? What would you have given? uh...
0: Uh, Okay. To be fair, I haven't seen half of those films. I still haven't seen Spotlight, The Martian, Brooklyn, Bridge of Spies, and Big Shot. You haven't seen The Martian? No, I Mm. never saw it. Um, So, yeah, it's a tough one for me to call. Out of the ones I have seen, Mad Max, The Revenant, Room, and that's it. I would pick Room as my best picture. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I, l- I loved both Mad Max and The Revenant for different different reasons, but uh, Room for Me, as far as the the resonance and the impact yeah, it had, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I haven't sort of had a film um, sort of hit me that way in a long time. Thank you for not saying the feels. I appreciate that. Yeah, no.
1: Um, a- <laughs> I haven't seen Brooklyn, so I can't speak on that one. Um, I'm actually kind of pissed off Spotlight 1 I feel the Oscars have been getting more progressive and interesting and I think Spotlight was the most safe film for them to, well, Bridge of maybe but Spotlight was just like, let's go with the one which has some sort of political controversy in it and um, and yeah, I've spoken before I was like, I'm not the biggest fan of Spotlight I think it's a film people should watch because the story's incredible but I don't think the film handles it brilliantly Uh, I would say Revenant um, is my personal favourite although I'm not the biggest fan of Mad Max as much as other people I really enjoyed The Martian. I enjoyed it more the second time because I understood what type of film it was. And Room's yeah, *Rooms* one of the most affecting films I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the acting's spectacular. I'm not a huge fan of the directing in a lot of it. Um, but The Revenant's just like, that's my type of movie. So, um, Actor in a leading role. We have Brian Cranston for Trumbo. We have Matt Damon for The Martian. Leo for The Revenant, who won. And we have Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs and Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Um... I would probably agree Leo should have won for The Revenant I think yep. it's again like even not taking into consideration he has to win at some point because that's really what it was all about was will he finally win you know mm-hmm. um, but he just went fucking above and beyond for that role um, anyone think,
0: in that list that you that isn't in that list that you think should
1: have oh, been in that that's list that's a question like, I don't know Right, that's a whole different can of worms to yeah, yeah. Um, I think Matt Damon it's very easy for him to do what he did in The Martian I thought mm-hmm. he was great in it but very easy Fastbender, kind of. I think he did an excellent job, like, but because uh, it's very hard to play that character as with the responsibility and likable yeah. but also <laughs> horrible. And, yeah. Uh, um, also got actress Kate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, who won, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for 45 years, and source I never know you say name,
0: Cersei Ronan
1: for Brooklyn. I haven't seen a bunch of these. I haven't seen Joy, I haven't seen Brooklyn and I haven't seen Carol.
0: Mm-hmm. Or 45. I've only seen Room. So yeah, I can't speak me, in me too. Uh, I Brie Larson really was spectacular. I really want to see Carol. Yeah, Brie Larson's incredible in that. Yeah. Um, she's a great actress. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, sp- that sounds all about right.
1: Supporting role, we had Kristen Bell in The Big Short, Tom Hardy in The Revenant, Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. Oh my God. Mark Rylance in British Spies, who won it, and Sylvester Stallone in Creed. I actually, so I, we we're talking about this earlier. I'm one of the biggest fans of Mark Ruffalo, and I have been since he started, you know, 20... Well, maybe not 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years... I don't know, a long time ago. I love him. I really didn't like him in Spotlight. I thought it was one of the weakest things about that movie. I thought he was really, really overdoing
0: it, and he felt like he was Hulk. Um, so, if I mean, now it's a, uh ensemble film. Mm. Who would you have picked from that ensemble to be your supporting...
1: Let me just remember their names Actor uh, So who else do we have there? Christian Bale was very good in The Big Short Tom Hardy I thought it was excellent in The Revenant I couldn't really understand a word he was saying a lot of the time um, That's his style, isn't it? Yeah, it is his style <laughs> um, and so, I mean, you know, Sylvester Sloan was very good But I wouldn't give him the Oscar for it Like, I don't know I think people go a little bit overboard with Creed personally Good um, you know, idea yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton was spectacular in it um, Lee Sharpe was okay John Slattery was excellent in Spotlight I would say Michael Kean deserved it more than Mark Ruffalo by far but, mm. um, I actually think Rachel McAdams did a very understated role in that but she's quite a small role um, actress in supporting role Jennifer Jason Leigh for The Hateful Eight Rooney Mara for Carol Rachel McAdams for Spotlight Alicia Vikander for The Danish Girl and Kate Winslow for Steve Jobs I'll tell you what I would have fucking given an actress in the leading role as ex machina at least, if can canter in that yeah um which I was kind of surprised but I guess like she already has one so I
0: don't know have you it. seen the Danish
1: girl? um I've again I saw part of it I saw a part of it on a plane um mm-hmm. and didn't get all the way through I wasn't loving it to be honest um it's so Kate Winslet was excellent Steve Jobs and um, like I just said Rachel McAdams in Spotlight Jennifer Jason Leigh's excellent in Hateful Eight
0: she's great I thought she was really really great um yeah. Yeah.
1: She's just really um actually she's kind of I mean she's the most obvious out of them all cuz she has a big meaty role to deal mm-hmm. with there. Um Yeah, I would be tempted to give it to Jennifer Jason Leigh to be honest. <clears throat> and an animated feature film. Here we go. We've got The Boy and the World. I don't know that one. They really Boy and the Wolf? I think it's Boy and the Wolf, they meant. Oh, sorry, Boy and the Beast, I mean, which is a Japanese one. Did they mean that? What do they I mean? What's the boy know. in the world? There's a great anime film called The Boy and the Beast that came out last year. They had Inside Out, which won it. Shaun the Sheep, the movie. And When Marnie Was There, which was the last Ghibli film, technically. And ano- Anomalisa. So do not give this to Anoma Lisa, It's fucking disgraceful.
0: Uh, I still haven't seen that. And I'm desperate to see it because I love Charlie Kaufman. That film, man. I don't know, there is a film called The Boy in the World. I don't know this one. And so you think it was robbed completely?
1: I can't. I honestly like I don't get inside out. I've spoken about that a lot on this podcast. Like it's not I don't think it's a great film at all. Um I thought the Shaun the Sheep movie was better. I thought when Marnie was there, it's certainly not one of my favourite Ghiblis. I liked it more than Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Um but Anomaly man. that's cinematic joy. Like that's such a rare film. And in some ways, Because I have my list of my best films of last year. I almost regret that not being my number one film. Like, it's just such a simple, boiled down, beautifully, like, just so beautiful and simple. Mm -hmm. Um, That's crazy for that not to win. Like, honestly. Fuck you, Oscar, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We got too many of these to get through. So maybe we should wrap up. We got cinematography, Carol, Hateful Eight, Mad Max, The Revenant, Sicario.
0: That, yeah, I, I agree with that. Easy. The Revenant
1: one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, The Revenant's spectacular. It's a very particular weird type of cinematography, though. Like, they're using incredibly wide lenses the whole time. So, like, yeah. right up to people's faces and stuff. Um, Sicario is a beautiful film. Have you seen that one yet? No. I think I've got it. Somewhere you should borrow it. That's a really good film. Um, Mad Max, obviously, a beautiful... I'm not a big fan of Mad Max, but the cinematography is great. Uh, hopefully, it was great. They were, they were all great winners for that, to be honest. I wouldn't have been upset with any of them. Directing. The Big Short, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Revenant, which won Room, and Spotlight. The same load.
0: So earlier you were saying you thought Room, the directing, was a bit
1: flawed. It's my least favourite thing about the film is Room. And what was the it about, directing? Me. Um, It starts beautifully. Do you remember it starts? like You just get these little glimpses around the room. I mm-hmm. thought, so, oh, lovely, they're going to like very smartly utilize this space and show you the perspective yeah and then from then on it's just filmed like an ordinary kind of drama thing which is fine it's obviously and there's more to directing obviously than just editing and shots you know Mm -hmm. it's like how you're doing your your actors and did a fantastic job with the actors yeah but there was nothing about the directing that made me excited really there Mm -hmm. weren't really many shots where i was like oh that was very emotionally impactful or the way that was done was very yeah like even at the end Okay, Spoilers for about thirty seconds of the last two shots of Room. I could probably do it without a spoiler, but there's a shot of one of the characters standing, looking. Uh, well, everyone knows, you know, the, from the trailer what happens in the Room. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in the room, they get out, and then it's the film's really about how that emotionally affects them. Mm-hmm. But there's a shot where they're looking back into the room, and and it's like half the frame is filled with the person's face and half the frame is filled with the edge of the room. And it's like you're on the yeah. border, you're on that edge like into the room and then they step out of frame and you're just like, it's going to cut to credits because you should end with that border between room and the outside mm-hmm. world and them accepting the outside world instead of accepting room. And instead it cuts from that then to the wide classic shot That's the pan up through the trees and you see them working uh, yeah, off the true. happiness yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I was like, this is, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> it was a perfect end shot and that was how I felt about most of the directing in room i fucking love that film don't get me wrong Mm um so yeah uh, for directing i mean the revenant was definitely the hardest to direct i think um and i actually think like again mad max was superbly directed it just
0: wasn't my favorite film yeah 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 no i agree with with that for sure um yeah
1: yeah, yeah. you're just happy because you've got food in your belly now. I know, <laughs> <I'm>, you're like <laughs>
0: I'm eating now so I'm slowly descending into a food coma
1: We got our first Star Wars uh, with film editing It didn't win, Mad Max one, But it was
0: uh, nominated for the film editing It's all news for me because I haven't really looked at these to be honest um... Mad Max again, hair and makeup I agree with that Fischau Yeah uh, Hateful Eight, music, original score Brilliant. Yeah, was Muricani, mm-hmm. which was Ennio Morricone. Sicari had an excellent score as well. Um, um, music original song winner. Writing's, writings on, on the wall.
1: Suspect. Oh, Jesus. I didn't like that at all. No. Wasn't as good as Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey. How did I get a nomination <laughs> for an Oscar? Fifty Shades of Grey got a nomination for a fucking Oscar. There you go. Wow. Production design, Mad Max.
0: Mm. Winner.
1: It's very easy though isn't it to give i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying for makeup and hairstyle and production design very easy to give it to mad max because it's the loudest with mm-hmm. those things you know like maybe the production design in the martian was more you know interesting or maybe the revenant was more accurate and harder work for them mm-hmm. but mad max is just so like ah, right yeah. in your face um all right max here. Uh, I mean, we've got short films and we've got blah, blah, blah. Visual effects, X-Machina one. What's with the one Oscar, I think, X-Machina one? Which, I'm glad I got something. up against that? Mad Max, uh, The Martian, The Revenant, and Star Wars. Which is weird, because... I mean... I love X-Machina more than any of those films. I love The Force Awakens a lot, but for a different reason.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But as far as visual effects go, other than...
1: <sighs> the one... There are some in *The Revenant*, like the bear in particular, obviously, which yeah, is yeah. spectacularly well done, um, and was a running joke for the Oscars. I'm happy um, to to have learned. *The Martian* has some great effects, but they're very, you know, I mean, no, they are very good. I don't know, man. I don't know. *Mad Max* has way more effects than people think it does. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always thinking it's practical. It's not. There's tons of CGI in that film.
0: No, those were real cars. No, and that was a real desert. Al. It's a real Tom Hardy. <laughs> it was a real Tom Hardy. Star Wars, I mean, Jesus, man. The amount of effects in that movie. Yeah.
1: And other than the little respectable girl thing that I don't like, I thought they were fantastic. The who, what, CGI who? character. Ah, uh, yeah. What was her name? Wow, I don't like her. Goggles. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting choice. And writing Spotlight 1. Uh those British Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Straight out of Compton. Um, yeah, I could see the screenplay, maybe. Maybe. Definitely not Inside Out.
0: There you go. Anyway, the Oscars out.
1: happened. It's over again for another year. We can all relax. Right.
0: Um, but we'll be there next year, probably.
1: Uh, we will. Um, I really don't. It wasn't a great year for the Oscars for me. Last couple of years, I've been really impressed with what they've been doing. Um, this year, I was like, oh, it feels like the same, but like back to the boring Oscars um, in terms of the nominations and the winners. Right. For me personally. Box office time. You ready? This is it. <gasps> Wrap up. Box office. Uh, top 10 films. Now we voted on what we thought was winning. Um, where's my thing? I had it all written now. Here we go. Here we go. We got the list. So Nate said at number three, Triple Nine. At number two, Deadpool. At number one, Gods of Egypt. Justin said, oh, how wrong he was. <laughs> Justin said at number three, Triple Nine. At number two, Kung Fu Panda 3. At number one, Deadpool. Tanro, i said at number three, Gods of Egypt. Number two, Kung Fu Panda <laughs> 3. And number one, Deadpool. Or as he said, The Dead Panda God? <laughs> Alex, that's you. That's me. He said at number three, Eddie the Eagle. Number two, Gods of Egypt. Oh, <laughs> number <man>. one, Deadpool. <laughs> and I said, Kung Fu Panda 3, Gods of Egypt, and then Deadpool. Here we go. Ten top. Uh, let's go with top 15. The Lady in the Van.
0: Ah, oh, yeah. Someone's it's uh, based uh, on a play by... Oh God, gone blank. British playwright. Okay. No, I'm not going to lie. Not a title that entices <laughs>
1: me to go and see that film. Uh, number 14, Stars Hail Caesar, which we saw last night. Good fun. Yeah? What do you give it out of 10 on a 20-point um,
0: scale? I would give it about... Seven? Six and a half? Oh, six and a half. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed it. There's some really fun moments in it, but... That's it. I feel I feel like I left it behind once I left the cinema. Do you know what I mean?
1: I can't kind of, really I want, take it with I felt me. like I'd like to see it again at some point. I um, It was very funny. I felt I I enjoyed it more being someone who A, lives in LA and B, who's in the film industry. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I would have liked it as much if I didn't. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was fun. A mess, but fun. Mm-hmm. Ride Along 2 is at number 13. At number 12, Zoolander 2. Uh number 11. Star Wars, The Force Awakens.
0: Still out of
1: the top 10. Because at number nine, there's race. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Yeah, yep. Confirmed. <laughs> number eight, how to be single. Mm-hmm. Number seven is The
0: Witch. Mm-hmm. We saw that. We also saw that. That's right. Which uh, I don't want to get into. Don't want to get, get into say. that because we've been going for a while. Yeah. It's the longest two way in the world.
1: I didn't love it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. I liked it. I loved elements of it. But overall to film, it didn't work for me. Uh,
0: yeah, I liked it. I wouldn't go that far, but I liked it. Okay. Okay. Which far, which way? There's nothing you loved about it? Or oh, no, nothing? sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, what did you say again? I said, I liked it. I loved parts <laughs> of, it, of it,
1: but overall, it didn't work for me.
0: Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say, for me, it worked, but it needed to go one way or the other. But yeah. that's a whole other discussion as to what no, that is. So we'll get makes. into it when
1: Nate's here next week. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, number six was Eddie the Eagle, your number three choice, oh, you racist Aussie bastard. And number five, Triple Nine, wasn't in the, the top three. <laughs> oh, interesting. Are you ready? Number four, Risen. Jesus movie. Always going to. Still doing well, despite some the of the worst reviews. So, what we have? Number three, we have Kung Fu Panda 3. The only person to get that right. Is me. Number rigged. two, we have gods of Egypt. Uh Alex, you got that right at number yes. two. I got that right at number two. Yes. Number one, Deadpool. I got all three right, and I thought for sure rigged.
0: Congratulations. I thought for sure
1: I'd fucked up because I thought you know I knew what bad gods of Egypt had done, so I thought oh it can't be in the top three. I got it right. You. Nailed it. Deadpool made 31 million uh, for the third weekend in a row. It held number one spot. Gods of Egypt came in at 14 million from its 140 million budget, which, you know, is still second, but not great. Kung Fu Panda still holding it at nearly nearly 9, nine million. I um, kind of want to see Kung Fu, but I'll probably wait until it's on the blues. There you go. That's it. That's everything we have. Box mm-hmm. office releases, the Oscars, mm-hmm. all of our news. Mm-hmm. Apologize for a bit sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's been a long day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to keep it going With just two people the energy you need I'm going crazy you now. turn it into a monkey You've <laughs> eaten your tofu And you're a monkey That's how you fucking Do tofu by the way That bullshit I had yesterday In my rap um, Chicken I, I had chicken, had chicken. Veggie grind Is that what it called? Veggie a Veggie grill <laughs> <laughs> Veggie grill I think it's
0: called um, Yeah where I ate chicken Spelled C-H-I-C-K-I-N chicken. chicken 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 Which is not chicken yeah, so you.
1: beware, yeah. <laughs> food people um, Alright, thanks for listening to us um, This was our 30th episode Please support us disp- Thank you. Despite uh, any effects this may have had on you um, There's some exciting things on the way this month, right Al? There are some exciting things on the way uh, Which we'll reveal later on I'm going to be guesting on something kind of cool um, And then we should have some good interviews coming in <gasps> mm-hmm. um, Which will be the most high-profile interviews we've ever had by far, I think George um, Clooney George Clooney George and Khalil. Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah. the bear. And the bear. Um, not in the same room. They hate each other. No. But, 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 you can go onto all the social medias and our URL, our website, all that stuff. We are, we are Tessellate. We are Tessellate. Two S's. Two L's. If you go onto iTunes, and please do. Type in Tessellate. Two S's. Two L's. Uh, and, and geeks, if you want. Find our podcast. Subscribe to it. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. It really helps us out. Could we do this for free? There aren't going to be any ads. Um, we normally put up a video on YouTube. We haven't done that this year. I have a couple of backlogs. They will suddenly all go up. Uh, we also have a big special quiz episode, which is still going to go up. I'm finally well enough to edit all that. Get it up this week.
0: That was a rowdy, rowdy evening. That'll be yeah. That's a Where crazy some one. hot sauce was eaten.
1: Um. So yeah, you can go on YouTube and type in "We Are Tessellate." Uh, you might need geeks as well, but I think We Are Tessellate should just do it. Um, and you can subscribe to our channel if we get 500 subscribers then we get a URL. Then we could just be youtube.com slash we are Tesla. But we can't do that yet. We need your help. So please
0: subscribe.
1: Help us out. You can follow me on everything. On video game. You can go on like Xbox. You can go on PSN. You can go on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Tinder, Grinder, whatever you want. I'm Mr. L. White.
0: Grinder especially. What uh, yeah. If you want to find me in the gaming world, you can find me. Uh, I am rainbow Chard. Rainbow Chard, all one word. And if you want to find me on Instagram or Twitter, you can find me at at Alexander Chard.
1: We'll be back next Tuesday with episode 31. Nate and Justin will probably be back if you're missing stupid voices (laughs) and uh, and feverish excitement from Captain uh, Macaroon. All right, we're out. Geeks. Geeks.